and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 43rd episode of the podcast for the week of March 4th, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I am so happy to welcome back Oakland-based astrologer and tarot consultant, Annalisa Six, to join me in a discussion on Mercury retrograde and the new moon in Pisces. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for as little as $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. I also have a tip jar on the front page of my website over at energeticprinciples.com so that you may leave any amount, uh, a denomination amount, if you choose to contribute. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week at the tail end of her waning cycle and in the detached air of Aquarius before moving in the transitional waters of Pisces and where she will make her new moon conjunction on Wednesday morning. She then begins her waxing phase as a fresh lunar cycle starts, and we are thrust into the initiatory fires of Aries midday on Thursday. We hang out in this enthusiastic zone until Luna stables out and moves into the fixed Earth sign of Taurus super late on Saturday here on the Pacific Coast, and where she will remain throughout the weekend. So just a quick heads up, all-time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, at about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, at about 17 hours. You know, basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another in the sky, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, this week is going to be an interesting one. We have Mercury going retrograde in Pisces, and then we have a new moon in Pisces on the very day that the sun meets Neptune in a conjunction, and Uranus moves into Taurus. So things are shifting. Uh, We also have the sun making a sextile to Saturn and Mars making a sextile to Neptune, And just be aware, if you are here in the United States, that daylight savings time begins on Sunday. So there is a fresh energy that is birthing, yet we are still in a space of processing before full shifts can be made. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. 
On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Aquarius, and she will make a sextile to Jupiter that day. And so we don't have any aspects, uh, you know, perfecting on that day, but I will say that Mercury is becoming very strong in the storm and is stationing. So just as a caveat for the beginning part of this week in total, <laughs> you know, just be aware that the, the trickster is at play. So the bottom line for Monday is, is that as Luna quiets down to her darkest phase, we are in a state of detached introspection and have the opportunity to see all the possibilities that are in store for the future. Social connections can help us to air things out. So you might want to connect with some friends or some confidants if you want uh, maybe an alternative or an innovative take on your situation. In the evening, you might want to cultivate a little space for yourself so that you can detach from the world and lift your energy up. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is officially in Pisces, and she makes a very early morning sextile to Uranus um, that is basically at the stroke of midnight, so <laughs> we uh probably going to be feeling that a lot on Monday. Um, but other than that, she's not making any more aspects. We also have Mercury stationing that day, which, of course, we're going to talk about here um, and in much more depth later on in the program. Uh, but also on Tuesday, it's Fat Tuesday. It is Mardi Gras, which is very interesting considering the astrological placements. <laughs> All right, so Mercury stationing retrograde in Pisces, uh, 28 degrees Pisces, and Mercury is going to be retrograde until uh, March 28th. And so this is a message from your planetary broadcast system. All Planets Direct is now interrupted to bring you the first Mercury retrograde of 2019. So we've been st- you know, just cruising along with all planets direct. And now Mercury is going to back that ass up and take us uh, into a retrograde period. And so the shadow started on February 18th, uh, and we will not fully leave the space until April 14th. And so essentially right now, especially this week, like I said, a storm is brewing. And with Mercury retrograde through Pisces, you know, the mind is already kind of being in this spacey and dreamy place within this sign because Mercury has been in Pisces for a handful of weeks now. Um, and so we've already kind of felt that. But with these station periods, you know, we are really going to get quite loosey-goosey probably in the mind. And so there is the possibility of confusion or forgetfulness around this time. Um, Yet we are also picking up on subtleties and things we can sense, but not in a logical or rational way. And this time period will probably bring up fodder for us to chew over until Mercury goes direct on the 28th. So do keep your, you know, your mind aware of what's coming in. Uh, because we're probably going to be reviewing and going back over an emotional place. Uh, So we can expect our focus to be on our needs and what nourishes us and creates quality of life. And there really is so much to say about this first Mercury retrograde, uh, especially in a water sign, because this hasn't happened in nearly six years. So I'm going to save uh, my breath in this moment uh, because Annalisa Six and I discuss it in great detail, as well as the new moon uh, later in this program. So stay tuned for that. So the bottom line for Tuesday is that Mardi Gras as Mercury stations and the sun conjuncts Neptune. um, Wow. (laughs) This could be an interesting one to say the least. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. I'm be interested to see the, uh, the, 
the uh, celebrations, you know, because Neptune especially can add uh, glamour and spectacle. So it could be kind of over the top, you know, all the costuming and stuff like that. We shall see. Uh, But overall, you know, energy is becoming quieter, especially as Luna is slowing down uh, and in the waters of Pisces. So this day may feel very psychic in many ways, yet also super spacey. And emotions may need to withdraw for a bit and slow down. So take your time today, you know, especially since Mercury is stationing. Now, on Wednesday, we have our new moon in Pisces, um, and Luna in Pisces will make a sextile to Mars, a conjunction to the sun, of course, that's our new moon, uh, but also a conjunction to Neptune, which is right there. She will also sextile Saturn, square Jupiter, and sextile Pluto. So the moon is making her rounds on Wednesday. And so of note, we have obviously that new moon at 15 degrees and 47 minutes of Pisces. Uh, We have the sun making a conjunction to Neptune. And if that is not enough, we also have Uranus officially moving back into Taurus, which is big news because he's not going back. He will be here there for quite some time. So I um, I will just start, actually, because I'm not going to go into too much depth with Uranus moving back into Taurus, uh, because I've covered that on the podcast many times before, and we have previous episodes that uh, touch on that matter. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that there is that shift that is taking place. And so this is big news in the astro realm. Um, and really, you know, Uranus is not going to officially leave Taurus until the spring of 2026. So you can see how big of a shift that this actually is. Um, and we might want to take note of the energy as it takes place, because where that hits in your personal chart, you know, what house, uh, we might see some shifts taking place or a re, uh, um, like a being reintroduced to some energy that was uh, initiated back in May of 2018. All right, so we have the new moon in Pisces and then that sun conjunct Neptune, which obviously the new moon is flavored by. And so the new moon will happen at 8.04 a.m. here on the Pacific coast. Um, And I do want to remind you that I do uh, always write a moon article in much more depth than what it is I discuss here. And I share the Sabian symbol and other, uh, you know, I really get in there. So if you want to read more about the new moon, I would suggest that you maybe sign up for my my uh, subscri- uh, not subscription, <laughs> sign up for my mailing list, which is on the front page of my website over at energeticprinciples.com. And then you can just get it sent straight to you. Or if you're not into that, you can just go to my astro blog and it shall be there. I also have my Moon Animal Monthly that comes out during the new moon, um, and I found that last month's was quite accurate as I went back and looked at my own animals and how the month transpired, um, and it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. So you can check that out uh, if you like, and that's only $3 a month, and you get early access to the podcast. So that's at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. All right, so new moon, 15 degrees, 47 minutes Pisces. This is the last new moon of our zodiacal year, so keep that in mind. Um, And this lunation is tied up in fresh starts that focus on emotional and spiritual transition in the area that this new moon falls in your personal chart. 
And since this is a mutable sign, there is a seeding of energy that lies between two worlds, and where we pick up on the subtleties of our psychic intuition to create new conditions in our lives, while also letting go and finding acceptance for what has run its course and is in need of release. So you can consider this lunar cycle as our yearly spring cleaning, one that is inspired by forces that may not always be tangible in nature, um, and one that will probably ask that we go with the flow. So now with the sun conjuncting Neptune, you know, whenever the sun makes a uh, contact to another planet, there is a turning of the page that happens. You know, we become aware of something like consciousness seeds in um, and we are, you know, we're just more aware. And any type of conjunction, you know, when two planets merge together, that is an energy that is seeding for a longer cycle. But also, you know, the two mingle together in a way that brings that conscious awareness. And so where are we getting that, you know, hit of light, essentially? Well, that's with Neptune. And Neptune is an interesting planet that you can't always put your finger on. Uh, it has been associated with things of, like I said, needing to let go, uh, being a little confused, you know, maybe, but also being very imaginative or picking up on subtleties and, and uh, spiritual inspiration um, and our dreams and all that. Um, but there is also the removal of boundaries and something can really dissolve at this time. Sometimes that's positive, sometimes that is conceived as negative. So it's always hard to tell. But, you know, I find it very interesting just having a new moon in Pisces, because if the new moon isn't dreamy enough by nature, uh, we also have Neptune conjuncting the conjunction, which will add extra dreaminess and subtle sensitivity to the seeding that is taking place. And so I really think that we are examining all the possibilities. Um, We may become aware of things that are hard to understand in a logical way, but is more of a sensing or intuitive hunch. Um, And there is possibly a lot of sensitivity that is taking place um, uh, these days surrounding. And we're going to be more permeable to the energy that's around us, almost like... um, you know, a a sponge or, you know, some mesh or something along those lines. Uh, And we may become aware of uh, what is in need of compassion in our lives or what is in need of forgiveness for ourselves or others. Um, And we can really start to feel other people uh, or the energies that are around us, even our pets and things like that, or, you know, the news if we're, uh, you know, bombarded by things uh, such as, you know, Basically, everything that's around us, that barrier is going to be very thin between the self and what is encountered. Um, So keep that aware. That can be a positive thing that lifts us up. That can be another thing that brings in doubt or kind of like, uh, you know, just has us feeling a little disillusioned because that can be a very Neptunian um, quality. But in essence, you know, spirit is really speaking at this time, um, and this is a time that we're seeding intentions. So we want to listen. We want to be open to that, even if we don't fully understand it or or see how it can be possible. Um, Now, on a realist note, we may want to just escape into ourselves at this time, um, or even from something, if something in our life is just becoming overwhelming, which Pisces can get overwhelmed. We just might need to take some time for ourselves uh, so that we can get in touch with those subtle impressions that I was talking about earlier. 
This can also be a trigger time for substances or, you know, just be aware so you don't go overboard in that area. Um, And it's quite possible that just in general, energy is going to be lower because energy is lower at the new moon and energy is lower when we have Neptune contacts. So there may need to be that with, you know, time to withdraw in order to connect. Um, And really, since the sun and Neptune are both represented by Jupiter in Pisces, uh, with the Sun and Neptune being in Jupiter. In Ju- what am I saying? See, this is Mercury retrograde. All- <laughs> this is Mercury retrograde. All right. So the Sun and Neptune are represented by Jupiter because they are in Pisces at the moment. And so essentially there is a growth and a transition that is looking to take place with this conjunction. So the bottom line for Wednesday is that we have another dreamy and introspective day taking place, and it might feel as if we are in another world or if that we are in a world that is shifting before our eyes. We want to take our time, again, as the sun meets Neptune and Mercury is still very strong in its trickery. See, it just got me a couple minutes ago. <laughs> um, and energy is likely to be low, yet I think we'll be sensing strong psychic impressions and the imagination will be turned up to 11 at this time. So pay attention to what comes in today on a personal and internal level, because spirit is speaking. Now, on Thursday, the moon is still in Pisces, but she will make her way into Aries around midday here on the Pacific coast. And along the way, she will make a conjunction to Mercury, who is now retrograde. Um, And so we don't have any aspects perfecting that day. So the bottom line for Thursday is is that we have a two-part day as we are still swimming with the fishes in the first half of the day. And with Luna making contact with a newly retrograded Mercury, um, you know, our emotional selves may need a little time to review or the mind is picking up on something. The mind and the emotions are meeting um, and maybe they're meeting in a way that is based off of our prior day's sensings, you know, uh, as the new moon seated. But then Luna is going to rocket into Aries to light the fire of inspiration and bring some enthusiasm to help us get started on whatever is in, you know, most need of tackling. Because chances are we'll have had so much kind of downtime in the days prior that we're like, oh, okay, now we got (laughs) to we got to get back in there. And so, uh, you know, on Thursday, in the second half, I'd pick the low-hanging fruit um, and then just open yourself up to the energy that is uh, set on instigating change in your life. Now, Friday, the moon is officially in Aries all day, and she will make a sextile to Venus, which is actually very perfect because Friday is International Woman's Day. So how sweet is that to get a sextile to Venus on (laughs) International Woman's Day? But also of note, we have the sun making a sextile to Saturn. And so once again, you know, we were talking about the sun being that awareness, that consciousness, and uh, where we kind of, you know, turn the page of our story. And a sextile always brings, uh, you know, an opportunity or where we can open the door to something. But we have to choose to turn the knob, so to speak. You know, it's, it's not a given like a trine. It is something we have to act upon. 
And so what are we uh, having the opportunity to take a look at? Well, that is Saturn. Saturn is all about uh, the long term, you know, our foundation, our inner authority, uh, you know, what we're committing to and how that's all planned out and structured and organized and, you know, where we hold responsibility in our lives. So we're getting a conscious hit of awareness in these areas. And so with this aspect perfecting while the moon is in Aries, we are looking probably to get things done. And there is a sense of discipline taking place that is rooted in a spiritual or relational directive. And this can be a creative awareness as well that is looking to solidify a plan of attack or an approach towards an overall hope or vision we hold for ourselves. Remember, because we were just talking about all these dreams, you know, all these intuitions and sensings. And so now we get to bring that down to earth uh, in a way. But it's an opportunity, not a given, keep in mind. And so we can look at our dreams through that practical lens and suss out the opportunities that are there. And with a lot of this dreamy energy that is swirling about in Pisces season, uh, this is actually one of those moments of down-to-earth clarity. And also, if, you know, you might get to that clarity by reaching out to a person that's more knowledgeable than yourself or an inspirational figure um, that can give you advice on a matter because maybe their input uh, can help provide a new framework or understanding to what it is you're trying to achieve or accomplish. And essentially, there is a sense of commitment uh, for what is being initiated. But really, there is at the same time a letting go, uh, you know, because the sun is in Pisces in order for us to align with the next stage. So there's an interesting, uh, it's it's an interesting productive energy, but one (laughs) that has a transitional element to it. And so the bottom line for Friday is is that we are feeling good for most of the day as the moon cruises through Aries and the self is keenly aware of what business is in need of, uh, you know, is needing order, especially with that sun sextile to Saturn. And so the fire under our belts can help get things moving, while the square to Saturn that is on the build in the evening may make us, you know, very aware of what down-to-earth action is needed in regards to our goals and duties in life. And so we are motivated for greater security, and we are willing to channel our inner warrior to do what is necessary. Yet do be aware that impatience may arise when we look at the mountain ahead of us. So do your best not to get discouraged. All right, so Saturday. Saturday, the moon is in Aries, uh, and we'll move to Taurus, but super late in the evening, uh, like 11 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So Saturday is mostly an Aries day. Uh, But along the way, Luna will make a square to Saturn, but that's super early, uh, so we're kind of incorporating that into um, into Friday, Uh, but then she'll make a square to Pluto, a trine to Jupiter, and then a conjunction to Uranus uh, late in the evening. And so the bottom line for Saturday is, is that we spend pretty much the whole day in Aries, and then Luna squeaks into Taurus to conjunct Uranus in the latter part of the evening. The morning may bring some emotional hiccups as some intensity arrives in the form of growth and expansion. The story is moving along and our emotional selves are tested by the forward momentum. So work through whatever arises and stay positive and ready to make changes for the road ahead. In the evening, we may be feeling a bit impulsive or wanting to do something out of the ordinary as Luna approaches Uranus. 
So getting out of the comfort zone can help us to shake off whatever heaviness may have been aroused during the first half of the day. So don't be afraid to go out there and you maybe try something different or try something different at home, you know, just shake it up a little. Now, on Sunday, the moon is officially in Taurus, and she will make a square to Venus later in the evening. Um, And keep in mind, this is daylight saving time on Sunday. So uh, 2 a.m., I believe, on Sunday, we spring forward. So this is the time where we we lose an hour, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, It happens every year. Uh, But just do keep in mind to... uh, I don't even think people have to set clocks anymore, right? These satellites do that for us, but just so you know. All right, so on Sunday, uh, we also have Mars making a sextile to Neptune. So Mars, Mars is how we take action, how we assert ourselves, where we direct our motivation um, and our drive towards something. And once again, we discussed sextiles earlier about being opportunities or opening a door to something. Um, And once again, we're back to Neptune. We're talking about, uh, you know, spiritual inspiration, uh, also selfless giving, you know, especially when Mars of action is involved. Uh, But there is that, you know, swimming through the haze of Neptune and all boundaries being removed in many ways. And so with these two meeting, I think that we are working um, on our spiritual directive, you know, actually putting energy towards it, or at least sensing how our actions are or are not aligned with spirit and what is needing to shift there with our course and overall vision. And we may have the opportunity uh, to possibly let go of some actions that have stuck or are habitual movements that may slow us down in some way. Because keep in mind, Mars is in Taurus right now. And so that it might be less likely to take that opportunity of the sextile because Mars and Taurus is very set in its ways. Um, but it's also in its detriment there. So we do want to, you know... Uh, pull back from any type of stuck energy uh, that we become aware of. We also have the ability uh, or the opportunity to act in a way that helps others or uh, helps those in need, or perhaps maybe that happens financially or through some sort of sustenance um, being in Taurus. And this is also a great time to do body work like yoga or active meditation or something that helps you just get into the body because um, I think think that it'll just be rewarding to do so and it'll be grounding because the overall energetic vibe um, is really more inclined to be relaxed and to take it easy at this time. So, you know, easy, easy does it. Now, the bottom line for Sunday is that energy slows down and emotions come back to Earth as Luna cruises through Taurus. And with Mars also in that sextile to Neptune, we are likely to be moving at a snail's pace. There may be some distance in relating later on in the evening as our lunar lady makes a square to Venus in Aquarius. So if you need some space and stillness for the self, be sure to take it. By settling your energy into a meditative practice, you'll find that you feel more centered and grounded. All right, so to wrap it all up here, because there's a lot going on this week, um, you know, it's likely to be a very dreamy week as we shift in and out of more mysterious and subtle realms. Yet spirit is speaking and looking to get our attention. Slowing down and staying aware is of key importance as Mercury stations, so do your best to keep your head above water when needed, yet be willing to take a dip when the moment arrives. 
So now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little something something to what I'm talking about here. And so this week I drew the eight of wands as the focus and the seven of cups as the grounding. And I thought this was a very interesting combination to with each other because they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of a paradox in a way. Um, but with the eight of wands as the focus, there is an element of swift progress or action being underway and results that come about with a quickness. And this card typically has wands flying through the air and makes the suggestion that all systems are a go. And the ideals and dreams that we hold for ourselves are on their way to becoming a reality, as long as we stay devoted and dedicated to the course at hand. And so, you know, this card may be telling us uh, that despite all appearances, the destination may be nearer than we think. Now, with the Seven of Cups as the grounding, this is an interesting matchup of energies uh, because the Seven usually indicates that our motivations are not yet clear, and we have many options on the table in front of us. And so confusion or indecision may reign as we have yet to intuit our true needs in the situation. There's also that element of illusion and fantasy, along with the potential for escapism, which is definitely a Piscean card if you ask me. So pairing these two together, I would say watch for acting too fast, as all the evidence may not be in yet, uh, suggesting that situations or decisions may change. Yet if you are taking action by entertaining and reviewing these options, while also connecting with the self through your dreams and visions— This can be a productive week of inner spiritual growth. So we'll just have to see how these two play out, really, because I'm quite curious myself. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the mouse. This sweet little squeaker is here to remind us of the pros and cons of details. These small creatures are great at organizing, preparing, and scrutinizing, which can be wonderful influence when we are working on a project that has a lot of moving parts. Yet if we get too caught up in the details, we may try to control every aspect of our waking existence. So being in Pisces season, it may be time to pull back from all the minutia so we don't become fearful or uncertain or overwhelmed in the process. For this week in particular is about letting go and being in the flow. So kick back a little and try not to keep yourself busy for busy's sake. The specifics will be here soon enough. Now, if you want to go deeper with the energy of the week and how that will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. And so every week I create a custom spread that is based off these transits, but allow you to pull cards that get you closer to, you know, the details of what that looks like for you. Now, last week we worked on what lies beneath, and this week we're going to be working on contemplating possibilities. Uh, So if you want to find out more about that and check out a freebie spread, you can do so on patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I'm so happy to welcome this week's special guest, Annalisa Six. Thank you for joining me again on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Round three. Round three. Is that where we're at? I don't know why I thought four, but... Oh, maybe it's four. I thought it was three. I'm going to go with what you think because you probably are <laughs> remember more than me. But hey, you know, three is the magic number. Three is a charm, right? So yeah, we- triple goddess. <laughs> yeah, triple goddess. And we're going to be what talking about... 
Uh, we're going to be talking about all things Pisces, so talk about charm. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that. Uh, but before we get started here, if you haven't heard uh, Annalisa on the podcast before, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Uh, yeah, my name's Annalisa. I live in Oakland, California, and um, I've been always interested in astrology since I was a kid, but actively studying. Uh, this is my third year actively pursuing astrology as a career path and a education. Um, I do birth chart readings primarily right now, um, as well as have a blog where I cover weekly transit similar to you, Melissa. I also do tarot readings and I'm also a part-time dog walker for dogs with behavioral issues. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> sweet. But it's a nice way to spend the time, you know, you get your exercise, you get to connect with animals, which is like the best thing in the world. In my yeah. opinion. <laughs> and for Pisces too. Pisces yeah. Connection. So. Yeah. We just, the Pisces just wants to merge, doesn't it? It just wants to connect with, <laughs> with anybody. All things. I know. Right? <laughs> all things. All things. So we were laughing before we got started here because we're going to be talking about Mercury retrograde and the new moon in Pisces. And we're just talking about how we already were feeling like Mercury being in Pisces and just... Anyways, there, <laughs> we thought this podcast would have a lot of space and be rather lucid, which I think it probably is going to turn out, especially since you know, normally I record during the day, but um, Annalisa with her, uh, with your schedule, I'm assuming that you night's better for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so here we are in, in the nighttime. Connecting. My astrology and tarot practices live in the night. Yeah. <laughs> that seems fitting though. It seems fitting. Um, as, as the, uh, as the night falls and we're going deep into, uh, <laughs> what lies beneath, cause that really is astrology and tarot, right? Yeah. What, what's underneath there? <gasps> what can't we see? What can't we see that we can pick up on? <laughs> That's exactly. the question. <laughs> Beyond the veil. Beyond the veil, exactly. That should probably be the theme for much of what we're going to be talking about yeah, that's tonight. The name of this episode. Yes, <laughs> essentially. More than so many words, Beyond the Veil is going to cap it up. But uh, speaking about recap, you know, because I've been asking everybody that's been coming on the podcast what they've they thought of the year so far, especially since we got it started off with a bang with all planets direct. We had eclipse season, you know, just. A lot of things going on. So I, what have you seen? What have you noticed going on? What are your take on 2019 so far? Yeah, I mean, I had a really like kind of uh, hermity December in a way that felt a little excessive. Like usually Capricorn season is pretty, you know, like I'll kind of start to feel like I'm ready to move in Capricorn season in December and that just didn't happen. And so I was just kind of holding out for Mars and Aries at the beginning of the year. And sure enough, I felt it like right away, like January 1st, I was in the gym and I was just like full speed ahead all of January. And then pretty much up until Mercury entered Pisces, I was like, go, go, go. And then I got sick right before my vacation, which was right around when Mercury entered Pisces and um, everything slowed way down. So I feel like the start to the year for me personally was pretty strong in terms of having been in kind of a lull at the end of the year and that is personally hitting the ground running and just working towards getting a good start of the year. But yeah, things have kind of gotten back into the, the lull a little bit with this transition. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel like 
it's been for me primarily. I'm definitely having to like reevaluate. Um, like I'm revisiting some things. I feel like I did at la- the same time last year, but in a stronger way. This mm. year. So I'm seeing like some repeat themes of certain things, but I can see the progress I've made, I guess, versus where I was at. So I'm trying yeah. to be hard on myself. Don't be, don't be hard <laughs> on yourself. No, no, no. I know. And it's been a couple of weird years just in general. I mean, especially last year with our retrograde year of all sorts. But I feel you on like the beginning of this year just being like, yes, you know, we're ready to go. It's 2019. This is a new year. Mars and Aries. Wow. Like I felt that literally right away. <laughs> so much so that I was just telling her that uh, I started a beach body program where I've been working out since the beginning of this year um, with a group of fellow uh, you know, friends that are part of this like accountability group. And everyone was just like ready to go with Mars and Aries. People were joining up, right? You know, the, the Mercury and Aquarius, we were fixed on the vision. We were, we were ready to go for that beach. That beach body was in our mind. And then it was like clockwork as Mercury moved into Pisces and then Mars moved into Taurus and everything slowed way down. And people were just like, I can't do it. I can't work out or I've tried. And, you know, it's just, it's difficult. You know, things literally slowed down in a big way. And I, Totally, I've felt it too. Uh, and now we have Pisces season, which really slows things down. And then Mercury retrograde, and we know what that does. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's going to be uh, an interesting one to say the least. Um, and even right now, as we are taping this, we're we're in a quiet period. We got a new moon, you know, getting ready to. It'll be going. Uh, it'll be conjuncting on obviously the week that this airs. Uh, so there, you know, if you're hearing this and you're feeling quiet yourself, you know, it's par for the course. (laughs) So let's talk about that Mercury retrograde in Pisces because, uh, Annalisa's got a Pisces moon, right? So in my third house. So she knows a thing or two about some Pisces. So we're going to hear a little bit about that (laughs) (laughs) on what? The Mercury. And the Mercury. Dominant house. There you go. And so Mercury... Okay, so let's recap real quick here. Just, I'm sure I said it earlier in the podcast, but I actually haven't taped that yet. So <laughs> I'll, say it, I'll say it again here for posterity. But Mercury will be retrograding through Pisces uh, from March 5th to March 28th. And it's so interesting to me that it stations pretty much at the end of Pisces, um, to fully retrograde back through all of Pisces. Like this is not a double sign thing where we're getting two energies. It is all Pisces all day. Uh, so, I mean, what are your first thoughts about what, the, what we're looking at here or what we're reviewing here <laughs> rather? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think like every time that Mercury goes retrograde. It's an opportunity for us to work through something that we have maybe been avoiding. And with Pisces specifically, it's usually things that we can't really put our finger on. It could be something that's really emotional, um, like a trauma or a wound, or even if we're an artist or a creative person, it could be a project that we've had kind of brewing in our minds that we've had a hard time gaining momentum on. And so I think 
this is an opportunity for us to kind of go inward and get quiet, like you were saying, and kind of evaluate our feelings around the future and the plans that we started the year out with. Because usually I feel like we'll start a plan, we'll get momentum, and then we hit that block. And then we're kind of like, you know, why are we hitting a block? And what about myself is blocking me or what in my life is blocking me? And I feel like retrogrades and new moons and full moons always kind of allow for that opportunity for us to figure out how to get over that next hurdle. And in water signs, the hurdle is usually always internal and emotional. It's usually our fears, our hidden fears, our hidden, our hidden dreams with Pisces because Pisces is the dreamer, the imagination. So I think with the Mercury retrograde, it's going to be a confusing time. Um, Pisces is a very elusive and confusing energy. It's not, there's no ground. There's no earth. There's nothing to kind of give it a parameter or a container. It's vast. It's open to the point where we're losing ourselves and looking at all the possibilities almost to our detriment as Mercury is in its detriment in Pisces. And it's fall. It just gets everything all at once. (laughs) Not comfortable, Um, but it can be positive if we're able to let go. And I think that Pisces is the sign of letting go similar to Scorpio, but Pisces rules the hanged one and the tarot. So if you think about the hanged one, just kind of going with the flow and waiting things out, this Mercury retrograde, if we're bad at going with the flow or waiting things out, it's going to suck really bad because we're going to want to see progress or see, you know, like Capricorn dominant energy is going to feel very like, why can't I get this? Done. (laughs) And we need to not do that. And same with any Mercury retrograde, like the guidance is always like, don't make any big decisions. And I think in Pisces, this is, you know, if, if, little things are feeling like a bigger deal emotionally that's your test to let go like that's saying like let it go and just go with the flow and see what happens and yeah so i think that this mercury retrograde is going to test everyone with control issues quite a bit and then it's going to test pisces who tends to have issues with boundaries you know, like where are we not having healthy boundaries and where are we kind of falling off the deep end a little bit and how can we rein some of that back in moving forward maybe? Yeah, I think everything you said was spot on really. And, cause, and, it, and we might be a little bit shocked by it to some extent because we haven't had a mercury retrograde in a water sign, um, at least a full retrograde since 2013. In Feb- February 23rd through March 17th of 2013 is the last time mercury retrograded through the sign. And what's also interesting is mercury squared Jupiter in Gemini at that point. And then mercury is going to square uh, Jupiter in Sagittarius during this next one. Uh, that we have coming up here. So there is that interesting piece that we haven't been here for a while. And, you know, Mercury is about our reasoning process or how the intellect works and how the mind is churning. And so that is meeting this emotional realm and, uh, you know, how we are feeling emotionally <laughs> um, and how secure we are feeling because that's a thing that's bound to come up here is possibly those insecurities. Um and looking at that from more of an analytical, you know, perspective, uh, th- these are the types of things that we're going to come up 
with. And like you said, these are very private, personal, you know, space that maybe we just don't want to look at all too often. And Pisces doesn't necessarily want to look at things, right? Because, you know, there is that, uh, well, if I don't see it (laughs) or if I pretend it's something else, you know, there is that kind of escapism tendency. And, but, and that's kind of the reason why I think this is going to be rather low key in many ways. And like we were saying, like slowing down and, and like you were saying, having to go with the flow, like there's a flow that we need to be in to fully, uh, utilize this retrograde in a positive way. Um, that isn't necessarily dynamic and, you know, it's more subtle and being attuned to receive, you know, what those insights are that are coming down in many ways. Definitely. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting too, because we're talking about how, you know, Pisces can be, there's no space, right? Or there's all space. (laughs) There's no limits is kind of what I'm saying there. You know, nothing, (laughs) too much space. Um, No limits here. And I find it very interesting that, so basically when Mercury stations retrograde, it'll be doing so on a fixed star called Sheet which is known for being a very messy fixed star um, where it, it creates messy conditions or messy situations to, to work within, um, but also areas that we need to think outside of the box. And if Pisces doesn't have that box, right, we can kind of open up to that. And then it's fascinating to me that it is then going to station direct on Neptune, yeah. which is also partly that principle. Um, very, <laughs> Neptune, very Neptune. And it's going to be stationing at the point of the new moon, which we're going to talk yeah. about as well. And so what do you think about that? Like just being kind of, we're like bookended by this very, I don't even have a word for it. And I think that's actually probably appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that Mercury in Pisces is a very, like, when I think about the energy, it can be, obviously everyone's individual birth chart dictates how it's playing out, but I see it as a, a messy energy. Like it's very, like that person that you kind of just feel it could be like an energetic vampire or a sponge, like either one, there's something that's like every, it's absorbing everything or, you know, in an intentional way or in a helpful way, but it's just kind of like that person that when they're, they drink too much, they're getting in your face and they're, yeah. they're not going away. They're not leaving you alone. Um, for me, it was a Pisces moon and it opposing my natal Mercury because I actually have Mercury in Virgo. I have really messy handwriting. And so even though I have the like analytical organizational qualities of Mercury in Virgo, it's opposing my moon in Pisces. And so that causes like that organization to always be kind of crazy. Like when I was in beauty school, I would have all of my equipment in all the right places and yet my station would be a mess and like (laughs) learning how to clean as I went would be kind of like that and so I think like with you bringing up that star and Neptune those of us that might be normally very organized or have figured out how to keep our space in a way like all of us collectively might just be having a harder time holding that together and it could play out in like mundane ways like you know, our office spaces or our houses. And Pisces is really susceptible. And like anyone that's uh, Neptune dominant is susceptible to um, depression in a really heightened way. And we know that like with depression, not cleaning or not having routine, not having those Virgo like organizational qualities 
is um, a really common trait of depression. And so a lot of us might be feeling that fog. Mercury in Pisces in general is like that mental fog. And I feel like the frontal lobe that normally would process things is going to feel really blown out. So yeah, I think it's going to be messy. I think that everyone's going to be feeling a little messy. And people that like being messy might not feel it as bad. They might feel like they're just, you know an enhanced feeling of how they already are. Like I said, I think the people that have more of a desire for control are going to feel worse than the people that already are pretty go with the flow. Loosey goosey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that- like a strong self-care practice, when you feel that way, you'll probably not feel like if you lean into it, when you feel that way versus fight it, you might mm. not, it might not feel as negative for you. It might just feel like a nice self-care yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, it's almost like a retreat in a way, depending on where Pisces is in your chart. I mean, I have yeah. it in the fifth house. So, I mean, for me, maybe so. Maybe be that leisurely nice pursuit. for you. I would yeah. Think. <laughs> well, to touch on what you were talking about earlier, um, you know, Pisces being a, a very creative sign, an artistic sign, and a fertile sign. Um, for those of you who do have creative projects going on, and especially a Scorpio rising so that's falling in the fifth house, this could be a time to go back and work on those things and look at that again and revisit what's going on there. Um, or even the dreams that we have within that, as you had brought up earlier with Pisces being the dreamer and chances are we are uh, going back to connect with that and what that dream looks like and get our minds wrapped around it. And also what is possible within all this, because you know, that's, there is that fog that is going on. So we we're trying to discern, but there's still that emotional element that is part of the process. And, you know, I've learned about this recently in my own life, how, and, and this, speaks to a moon in Capricorn because obviously the moon is in detriment there. But I realize that a lot of my problems in life are emotionally based. <laughs> you know, like the things that I don't go after or what's holding me back or the things I think about all the time and I'm not doing or, you know, whatever. It always comes back and is rooted in the fact that I have an emotional trigger that is tying me down. Even if it's bar- so buried that like it's, it's operating on a different, you know, habitual type of <laughs> theme. And so I think that's also part of especially this year as we go forth with all the mercury retrogrades for the most part taking uh place in water signs is looking at these you know unconscious reflexes that we have no matter what state or condition your moon is in but really you're going to want to look at that because if we are talking about uh retrogrades happening within water planets it's always going to come back to the emotion, you know, no matter where it is at that particular time. And uh, so we're going to be looking at those unconscious reflexes, those insecurities, those, you know, even if we're making big changes that are on like a mundane level, like what we're talking about before, I think part of those changes that are taking place are actually rooted in an emotional change uh, in many ways. And so that's kind of where, what I'm sensing for this, for basically all the Mercury retrogrades, but you know, Pisces is a little different because it's transitional energy here. Yeah, totally. I like that um, we're starting out the year with the Pisces and ending the year with the Scorpio because I feel like that Scorpio is definitely like, here's shedding, you know, like the last little bit probably of what we've emotionally worked through throughout the year. 
So I feel like this is a catalyst with the new moon of like reevaluating our emotional energy and how we want to set boundaries or dream, you know, manifest, create our reality kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of interesting. I like how you put that because if you think about it, our first one here is in Pisces, which is that mutable, you know, transitional adapting to, you know, that flow that is moving. Uh, then the second one we have during uh, eclipse season in the summer is in that initiating cardinal, you know, energy where we can, you know, push forward and initiate new things. And then we get to uh, review and stabilize within that Scorpio energy at the end of the year and then shed, like you're saying, uh, in order to fixate emotionally on all the progress that we've made and like carry it you know, forward with a mind that is attuned to the emotions. <laughs> totally. Which is a Lovely. valuable thing, right? When the yeah. mind and the, and the emotions come together. Totally. Yeah. I think too, like if we think about it in relation to the tarot cards, it could be like the hanged one is starting the year out where we're kind of in this limbo still. It's always that way too at the beginning of the year because the astrological new year is not till Aries season anyways. True. We always start out January being like, it's a new year, but not really. Not really. (laughs) And then by Aries season, I feel like we're like, okay, let's try this again, you know? And so I feel like then with that cancer retrograde coming up it will be more action oriented even though it's still retrograde you know and then i think with the end of the year it's probably going to be another difficult period Scorpio season's always kind of difficult but i think in a way that's not as heavy as pisces it's a little more there's something about like the moodiness of scorpio or the occult kind of spookiness of the time that all the scorpio stuff is happening that i feel like everyone gets a little more into the darkness. Like, mm. or like I feel dark and I'm kind of reveling in it. But in springtime, it's a little more like seasonal depression for people. Pisces has more of this melancholy, this sadness, this woe is me, you know, like yeah. I feel empathy for everything. So I think that that's kind of, we need that. Like we need that um, softness to kind of figure out how to be more responsive, I think, to our world in a way that ends up helping us out. Like if we didn't have empathy for the world, we wouldn't take care of it. We wouldn't care about other people. So I think even though this time period can make us feel really overly sensitive and maybe taking things a little too personally, it might be how we grow past our own egos you know, in certain ways that can sometimes be not beneficial to us if those get too inflated. Yeah, no, it's true. You got to pull back and connect with all that is beyond yourself. And that is Pisces. And that can be overwhelming at times um, when, especially if you're so, uh, because, you know, Pisces, it's like the fish skin, like the the fish breathes through its skin. Like there's that, there's no... um, it's back to that lack of barrier, you know, it's very permeable or like the sponge, like you were saying earlier, which is great in to be able to connect with other people and, and feel, really feel what another's, you know, feeling. And that's the basis of connection and really what drives us as people, even though we lose sight of that in many ways. Um, but it can also be overwhelming when there's a lot to contend with and you feel helpless to what is. And I think that's a lot of sometimes the Pisces issue is that, you know, they're... It's funny. It's like a weird, different type of control. Like there's just so lack of control that you know that you just become helpless in a way, or like I, I don't, I'm not in control of anything. <laughs> um, 
And so that can be a little dampening sometimes, but it's funny with the Scorpio, like you're saying, like people kind of get pumped up and like embrace that darkness uh, because because it is, it's like more a passionate time, you know, Scorpio is that Mars energy. We're kind of fired up within it. It's, it's exciting. It gets dramatic, you know, like it might be intense, but at least you feel like you're living, right? Exactly. Whereas Pisces is like, I don't want to feel anymore. More. <laughs> Unless you're channeling it into like creative stuff. Like I feel exactly. like if I am feel, you know, whenever the moon is in Pisces as somebody with natal moon in Pisces, I feel pretty good. You know, like I usually really like it when the moon's in Pisces and I get extra inspired. So, um, I think that even though it can, for some people be too much emotion for those of us that are used to feeling that much emotion on a regular basis, I get really like musical. I want to sing along to all my favorite songs. I want to put on Lana Del Rey and I'll, I'll enjoy crying while I'm singing. Like it'll feel therapeutic, you know? And I think that people that don't, aren't wired to release their emotions in that way, get really hard on themselves during Pisces transits or Neptune transits, um, or Pisces season, because if you're holding all of that in and bottling all of those feelings in, and then you're crying and you're feeling extra emotional during things that normally wouldn't make you cry, I would just say, just lean into it. Just like get a good cry out. It's really healthy. And it's just things come up that hurt things that come up that feel good. Maybe you're laughing and you're crying. Like, don't be so judgmental um, about it. Like the Pisces would just say, just let it out, you know, just like be free with your crying. Yeah. That's, well, you brought me back to a memory that, well, first of all, I cry at like just about anything that I watch on TV, like anything from like (laughs) any type of emotion, just like the first thing I'm just like, Oh, it could be, you know, painful or not. But right. Yes. Yes. I have a Pisces South node. So there is definitely Pisces that comes up through that. Um, and then I mean, Scorpio rising. So there's, there's a lot of water going on here, but, um, it brought me back. This is a Pisces thing too. Now I think about it. So I was in Balboa Park, which is a you know a, a famous park here in San Diego, and uh, they were doing belly dancing. There was a whole group of belly dancers, and it was amazing. Like this one woman came out, and she had like these snakes with her, and she was just it was just quite the performance. But something about it like literally overtook my body, and I just was bawling in public watching them because I was so joyful for what they were sharing, like through their body and through the dance, you know, cause Pisces is all about dance and that movement yeah. and that connectedness. And like, I just went up to, to tell them, you know, I had to like try to tell her like how much I appreciated it. And I was just like bawling in this woman's face. <laughs> um, I love it. But it was pure joy, you know, like it was, it was a different type of release um, that clearly needed to happen in a positive way. And so if you find yourself there, that's all I'm saying, I guess, through this, is that roll with it, you know? It's something has to come, something's coming out. I almost think that that stuff comes out for me, you know, especially with Moon and Capricorn. Maybe my emotions diverge into other areas where they can release themselves that are less conscious to me, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. It's probably really healthy. Yeah. I mean, it feels good. It's just like, have you, you know, cause I don't know if you've ever done this cause I've definitely done it myself when you have the urge to cry and then it, and then it gets stifled or like you yeah. have to hold it back in something and, and it actually hurts. It's actually 
painful <laughs> to yeah. hold it back. I did that um, during the new Mary Poppins movie at the theater <laughs> this Christmas. <laughs> I went and saw it with my dad and his wife and her kids. And I got really emotional when they were talking about the mom who had passed away. They like were singing all these songs about their mother who wasn't around anymore. And for some reason, I just didn't want to cry around my dad because my, and not that my dad wouldn't be okay with it. I just kind of don't feel comfortable being emotional in front of him. And I'm really comfortable being emotional in front of other people. But for some reason, I was like, I just can't deal with this. And so my response was to close my eyes for about 20 minutes of the movie and I fell asleep. Oh, every time I wanted to cry, I would close my eyes, but I actually fell asleep for like a portion of the movie because I was just like, I can't <laughs> cry right now. So I think some part of my consciousness was like, let's just turn it off. <laughs> yeah. That's right now. Yeah, it was weird. But yeah, no, it was one of those things where it's like, it didn't feel good to hold it back. Like, I wanted to just sob, but then there was this part of me that was like, I don't want to sob at Mary Poppins right yeah. now. Peter. <laughs> and you just like, you clench it and you're like, oh, no. But that's actually really funny that that was your response. And then you fell asleep because <laughs> I think that, I think that actually might be a tie in to this retrograde as well. Well, people Neptune. are going to be sleepy. Neptune now. conjunction. Yeah. You're gonna be tired. You're just gonna be tired. You're gonna be sleepy. If you have a if if you have a prominent dream life, and even if you don't, chances are dreams are going to be like Off through the, yeah through the roof here. And you know, and we'll, really, when we look at any type of water energy too, there is always kind of that element of of the past or any type of you know of feminine energy, you know, that receptive energy. And so I think that. You know, especially in the dream work, we might find that we're dreaming about the, you know old scenarios or you know places we used to live in our previous you know times of life, and and I think a lot of the emotional content we might work through actually might be in the dreamscape if we're not experiencing that you know full frontal on you know in waking life. I think a lot is going to be going on underneath the the scenes and so <laughs> beneath the scenes, beneath the veil, as we we're talking about yeah, beyond the veil, <laughs> beyond the veil, beneath, beyond, just know where we can see it, <laughs> basically. So yeah, definitely, I think that'll tie in with the new moon. Yes. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about old new, old new moon, old yeah. new moon here. <laughs> I don't even know what an old new moon would be, but uh, <laughs> so, all right. Sun, moon, Neptune meeting in conjunction thoughts. Well, I mean, the dream stuff was kind of like, I'm, I'm obsessed with dream work. Always have been before I was into astrology. Like I, as a Pisces dominant person. I feel like I live in my dreams. Mm. And so I'm really excited personally, because I already with Mercury, having been in Pisces, just been having crazy lucid dreams that um, I just don't even understand at all. And I'm pretty good at interpreting my own dreams. And, you know, some of it I'll kind of be like, yeah, that probably means that, but some pretty cool stuff happening. And I really do think from kind of like a Jungian standpoint that we are working through our past fears a lot of times you know, yeah. our subconscious will bring scenarios up for us, I think, for us to heal things while we're asleep. And a lot of times people will write off dreams that they had because they're like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. And I'm the opposite. I think everything in the dream means something. And so 
Um, I'm excited personally to just spend next week really diving into my dream world. And I think that um, this is a really good opportunity for people who have a hard time remembering their dreams Mm -hmm. normally or are feeling a little bit more closed off to that part of themselves to actively, if that's something that they're interested in doing in their lives, this is a great week to do that. And I think the new moon, especially that that night or the night before and the night after all three of those nights, just meditate before you go to bed. Don't go to bed with any like TVs on or being on your phone late. Just do like a, I'm going to say two hours. I know that sounds excessive, but seriously, like do a two hour meditation. Find one on YouTube, put it on, close your eyes and set an intention in your dream or in your meditation of what messages you want to receive and put a dream journal next to your bed and maybe drink some kind of tea that enhances your dream or something like that. Some witchy tea for dreams. <laughs> There's a million of them now. Valerian <laughs> <laughs> root or something. Um, but yeah, do some kind of thing like that um, for three nights during this time. And I think that you'll be really excited to see that you're tapping into that world a little bit more easily than maybe you normally do and write down all the symbology. And then I just Google stuff. I have some dream interpretation books and some Carl Jung books, but I'll be lazy. I don't want to read a book every time I'm interpreting my dreams and I'll just Google dream interpretations online. I think people complicate their like research for their own dreams a little bit too much. They won't do that. People will come to me asking for it. I'm like, well, did you Google it? And people will be like, no, I didn't. I didn't know I could Google it. Like there's so much online information for dream interpretation. So you don't have to necessarily like go to somebody, you know, to find like even just a little snippet of something that an animal that came to you in the dream and represents like all of, you know, the whole five years of your elementary school childhood. Who knows? (laughs) Um, So yeah, that conjunction for me, I think that's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm focusing on. Um, but on the flip side, I think that as a recovering addict, as somebody that's in recovery, um, I think about people that aren't in a spiritual practice or maybe people that are having issues with substances mm. or escapism. And it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol or drugs. It can be, um, it could be social media. Like maybe you spend a lot of time escaping your reality in social media and getting caught up with a fantasy world that you wish your life was. And in reality, it's not really. I think that the Neptune, Neptune is a deceiver and it's also um, illusions and fantasies and um, deceptions, deceiver. Um, So we're more prone to getting kind of caught up in fantasy in an unhealthy way or trying to escape our current reality in an unhealthy way. And having Jupiter and Sagittarius and squaring um, the moon that day actually is a huge recipe for relapse, I feel like, um, for anybody that's struggling with alcoholism or addiction. And so if your go-to is anything that is unhealthy, this might be a day that you plan on going to a meeting and making sure that you have a support group around you that can kind of catch you if you're falling. So for me, I would say like I'm excited about dreams and creative projects. For those that don't have that, you might feel like you're falling down a rabbit hole that you mm-hmm. can't get out of. <laughs> what yeah. Well, no, I think that's a very good observation because essentially, especially having the new moon ruler Jupiter squaring that configuration, 
there is an activation that's taking place. Now, what is that activation going to look like? Is it something that we're, we're taking action on maybe these addictions that uh, we're now recognizing more or seeing how this is not helping us? Or maybe there's a spiritual directive to uh, do something about this because, you know, sometimes that, you know, come to me moment is like, okay, you got to do something. This could be a great time to initiate the start of the recovery or, um, or fully just embracing the process more, especially if you've, you know, been uh, just having trouble with moderation in general. Um, but because it's an activation, like you said, if you're not fully aware, you're just not there yet, or we haven't hit the mercury retrograde for you to fully process <laughs> what's yeah, going on here, you know, because Mercury won't actually retrograde back to the new moon point to kind of trigger Neptune and all that until after last quarter of this lunar uh, um, cycle. So I could see where that scenario would absolutely fit in if people weren't aware of what's going on. Um, so if you're, if you're one of those people and you're listening to us right now, you know, hold strong, hold strong. It's time, it's, it's time to, uh, activate in a different way, not in a way that, uh, <laughs> activate how you like would ideally like to live life, you know, and this is my high side speaking where I'm like, okay, well, let's pretend the world's perfect and, you know, my utopian thoughts, but really this new moon, especially if you're in a pretty good place and you do have those dreams that you've been entertaining for however long, I think that this could be a part, a time when we come kind of connect spiritually with that. I'm sure there's still a lot of work to be done, but really embody that, that directive or that message or that subtle push that has, you know, you've been feeling for however long. And then, you know, one, you know, subtle steps, one step at a time, figuring it all out. And I think that's what actually the Mercury retrograde is going to be a lot about is processing what that even looked like, what's even possible, where the limit is and how, you know, but in a way that is more all encompassing where we just don't even, it's going to be an interesting process. You might be like, I've never really even felt this way before. This might be like a whole new thing that all of us will be going through at at one time, like this, this buildup of energy, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's going to be definitely a feeling process. It's going to be a creative time. I think we have a dynamic full moon that happens within the lunar cycle on the, on the equinox and, the, and at zero degrees Libra. So this is going to be an active cycle in general, but the seeding is very, very interesting to me. But perhaps maybe with that square to Jupiter, we're having a little saving grace with uh, both Mars and Saturn and a trine in Earth signs mm -hmm. um, and making a sextile to the new moon. So there is, maybe that's why I'm kind of taking this more, you know, the dream and, and the spiritual and like aligning with the ideals and how to initiate that because we do have that Capricorn and that Taurus influence that is helping to work with the energy. But then Uranus also moves into Taurus that same day. Yeah, it breaks it up a little bit. <laughs> what, what's up with that? How does how do these things happen all at the same time? <laughs> I think it's funny. The last time I, we were on here, I was already like, Uranus is in Taurus. And then I'm like, oh, it's not in, Tor in Taurus yet. And then now I'm on here again. I'm like, okay, it is in Taurus this time. <laughs> <laughs> I get to say it now. <laughs> it's moving in. It's moving. Well, it's funny because I think the first time we talked, it was in Taurus. 
The second time was, we talked, yeah. the second time we talked, it wasn't. <laughs> it's funny because I write down the degree points, like just to make sure I'm on my game for our podcast. But for some reason, like that Uranus, I keep wanting it to be in Taurus. Like I do it consistently, no matter what. Like I'll look at it and then I'll just do. I have a weird dyslexia thing that I do sometimes, which I know that that's not a dyslexic. <laughs> per se, but for some reason, like I've just really wanted Uranus to be in Taurus in my subconscious or something. So now that it's there, I'm like, yeah, you're there now. <laughs> yeah, it's not moving. It's not going back. This is the final. And I'm a little bit nervous because I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's going to be trining my natal Uranus soon. Oh, that yeah. sounds livening. Yeah. Sounds ex- exciting to I me. Mean, but- I'm excited, but I'm also kind of like, what does this mean? You know, because that's <laughs> also going to activate an opposition that I have between, or no, a square that I have. Kind of. No, it's never mind. Don't worry about it. I'm going <laughs> to in my own chart, and I shouldn't do that without it in front of me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'll be like, so then does that mean this? Or was, what does that do here? you know well you know you won't be alone because that's a slow slow moving planet so everyone you know in your age group for the most part is going through that that trine um but i i don't know to me it seems like it would just enliven things and kind of shake things up a little bit but in but in that earthly realm because we're talking about capricorn and and taurus here right and so it'll be changes in in foundational shifts in more of like a tangible way. Um, I wouldn't be worried about that. That sounds exciting. Now, if there's square, I don't know, but I'm, you're, you're also talking to the person with Uranus conjunct the ascendant. Yeah. So I love for Uranus. Where yeah. You know, I actually like Uranus too. I think that was what we talked about the first time. We're not afraid. You We're know? not afraid. Yeah. Change is good. Let's do it. And being sad rising with Uranus in the first house, I'm like, you know, let's go. Let's be free. Let's go <laughs> Let's be free. Change everything all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, going back to I think our first podcast we did together, where we're like new normal. You know, yeah. I think that I've been watching the stage get set for a lot of people that I've been doing readings for. Like, they're the itch is strong, you know, mm-hmm. and there already have been a lot of changes, and so I think that. Um, yeah, the ball is going to get rolling, hopefully, for people to kind of experience some new things in their work life, their physical life. I, I decided to make this my, uh, the healthiest I want to be when I hit 30. So I'm trying to kind of make the next six months be my motivation in that way. So I'm hoping that Uranus energy might help me get there. That's my personal take on it. Obviously, I know there's <laughs> a lot of more intense. Like we talk about politics or something like that. <laughs> well, you, there. I mean, there's so many things you could talk about, and I, I saw it like shift uh, just the energies of what was what we're talking about with Uranus and Taurus, and how much it shifted when it went back into Aries. And we've obviously seen that in, in many ways in the world, but. I also saw a lot of things that were kind of implemented in that little quick Taurus ingress that now we are seeing you know, come to play. Like something as simple as, um, well, not really simple, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a vegetarian and, and you're a vegan. And so we don't eat meat or whatever, but now I'm seeing, you know, like the rise of beyond burgers, the plant-based wow. burgers. And now they're in Carl's Jr., which is a fast food chain, which is 
which is huge as far as like, I tried one and I'm not going to eat it again at Carl's Jr. Because I make them way better at home. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that, that's a huge, like that's a, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and that's probably, that's partially why I went and bought one because I'm like, someone needs to support this. Totally. So these, so this is out there more and hopefully not just in, you know, fast food, easy you know, chains like that. But that's like really Uranus and Taurus thing, I thought, you know, taking plants. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I like that because I've been seeing, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I've noticed a lot of that too. Like there's vegan option at Panda Express now. Um, Starbucks just came out with a almond milk frappuccino that you can buy in like, you know, the glass bottles, not from mm. Oh, yeah. Like just having the option of the... Yeah. Which is interesting because I know in uh, England and parts of Europe, a lot of these American chains have been doing these options for a lot longer. Like Starbucks used to have stuff like this in England and or in Scotland. I remember I went to a Starbucks in Scotland and they had crazy vegan options there that I still haven't seen in the States. And that was 10 years ago. So it's interesting to see like one part of the world and our part of the world maybe like catching up. And then when I was in Mexico this last or this month, um, a couple weeks ago, they had a billboard for Beyond Burgers in Extapa. Isn't that crazy? Really? Yeah. How in funny. Mexico. Yeah. It's so surprising. Well, those are things that were, you know, that's something I noticed right away. I was like, that's Uranus and Taurus. We're, we're shaking it up a little bit, but it's so funny. We're not really, if, you have clearly seen those signs in other places of the world. It's like, what is it? It's for the United States for sure. Yeah. 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 And oh, well, you know, we're very, we're, we're, we're very beefy. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, you know, United States, kind of like cowboy image or whatever, you know, we're talking about old, old style. There's Americans just love their meat. Right. Totally. Um, and I see those things changing uh, a lot. Like that's one of the first things I noticed with <laughs> with the, this transit in particular. I mean, there's lots of different, you know, little things that have happened, especially with uh, that Uranus and Taurus ingress first meeting with, you know, Scorpio, uh, uh, Jupiter and Scorpio. <laughs> and so, and all the women's, you know. Yeah, the Me Too movement. The Me, Me Too movement and even women just coming into Congress and, and all that. Uh, I feel like a lot of that was seeded kind of in that first ingress, pulled back to Aries for the changes to be initiated. And now we can kind of stabilize a lot of what was, you know, Uranus and Aries pushed forward um, in many ways. But I'm, I'm interested in seeing this. Uh, how's it going to go down? It's going to be there for a long time. <laughs> Everybody will be seeing it shift in their chart and the energies. If anybody has any stories to share, you know. Let us know. I want to hear it. (laughs) I'm also interested to see how the housing market does. Mm. I've noticed like we're looking at moving to Southern California in 2020. And um, that's kind of what I'm excited for with Uranus and Taurus. I'm like, I'm going to move again. Um, But we were looking at property down there and there's a lot of foreclosures um, happening right now. And it's, I'm I'm wondering just from an astrological perspective, if this is a little bit of a, foreshadow um i think it is and and i'm not only for uranus and taurus but when jupiter moves into capricorn and and when it's in its detriment there we're gonna see uh it's pretty typical um for you know kind of markets to inflate while in sagittarius then jupiter goes into capricorn and everything constricts down and things 
crash a little bit. But, you know, being in California, as both of us are, we see the housing crisis <laughs> that is going on, um, not only with being able to afford property and what property is going for and rental rates, but even, uh, you know, uh, the homeless issue and people. And, you know, I just saw a thing recently, I think last night I was reading about uh, San Diego in particular had um, reversed the ban on living in vans. And so now oh. here here in San Diego, it is legal to live in your van. Um, but that also, which I'm all for, I'm like, I'm I, people can live wherever they want, but that also makes us a destination for more vans to arrive <laughs> next to the beach, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of the thing there. And so I think that's actually a, a place that Uranus and Taurus is going to touch in many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. It could it, out for some of us, like for those of us that have had a hard time um, trying to buy a home because of the inflation. Mm. So I think that even though it might, not be a fun time. It might even the scales a little bit for the underdog. I hope so because it's like I and you've probably experienced this uh, living up in the Bay Area with the, your friends. Is that I and even myself, I'm getting there where if I have to move, I don't know if I can live here anymore. Yeah, because it's that expensive. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, for sure. Yeah. Luckily, I have a I have a praise my landlord. Wherever you are, <laughs> I thank you so much for letting me live here for 14 years. Um, so yeah, it's it's, but yeah, that's probably going to be definitely a part of it in in many ways. But we shall see now, won't we? Yeah, totally. I'm excited to track it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what happened just on the new moon, just because a lot of times these ingresses will bring something the second they go in. Like it's just yeah. like oh. Here's here's your little nugget of astro, you know, entertainment <laughs> to follow. So we'll have to be on the lookout while we're doing our meditations and getting ready to dream during that period <laughs> between yeah, Tuesday definitely. and Thursday, right? And That's- like for people that are artists or musicians like you and me, it is a great day for um, starting a creative project or working on a creative project and just channeling that energy from above through yourself. It's a, yeah. it's a channeling energy, like Pisces channels. Yeah. So writer's block and you're like, you know, it's also the sign of the poet. So if you have had writer's block and you're kind of, you know, trying to get momentum again, this new moon could be that time where it kind of unlocks your creative inspiration and things are more accessible. Ideas are more accessible to you that maybe you felt like you weren't having. So this could be a good time for setting intentions around that too. Yeah. Well, and even picking up um, projects that may be on the back burner or that things that kind of fell away or maybe you did have writer's block for. And, you know, I, Lord knows how many songs I, I, I have, I could have like 20 albums by now if I could just finish, you know, uh, some of my songs here. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm looking at personally for this period. Um, it's kind of wrapping up creative projects or revisiting old things that need some, uh, either need work or there's a last final effort in order to kind of get it out there or just needs to wrap up in some way. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily maybe begin new projects, but to revisit, you know, creations that kind of fell by the wayside, uh, they might get a new life. Yeah, uh, definitely. At this time. So... 
I'm looking forward to that with my music too, because I've kind of let that fall by the wayside. <laughs> I know. Someone has an album that has not has not yeah. dropped yet. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to come out during Mercury Retro. Well, yes. You <laughs> might motivate me to upload things on the tune core at least. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. We shall see. We shall I'll see. More inspired. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be uh, an interesting time to say the least and to really quote you from the get-go, you know, going with the flow is everything at this time. Yeah. Going with the flow and dreammoods.com. <laughs> yeah, totally. Dreammoods.com. And uh, yeah, finding an anchor within some kind of practice while you're maybe mm. feeling unanchored. Like give yourself like, I know for me, like whenever the moon's in Pisces, I really have to, it's that letting go, but also having kind of a game plan about how I let go. So I'll kind of make space to have a really peaceful, tranquil night. Maybe I plan on taking a bath or an extra long shower, um, lighting candles, putting music on. Sometimes I'll just want to watch like a girly rom-com, you know, cause I am into that stuff when I feel that way. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's kind of like, like don't force any of those things to happen, but preemptively create a space that mm. facilitates that um, so that you can, when you're feeling maybe completely burnt out, you can just fall into it with minimal effort versus having to make a huge production out of it because that won't go over well probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is very good advice to kind of make space for space because chances are we're going to be um, a little a little overwhelmed at times. You know, there'll be a lot to take in as even my brain just trying to process things right now as, as Mercury slowing down. And like, I'm, yeah, I'm in this, my own, my, I'm literally in my own world and I will just find myself trailing off into a sentence and then I'm, oh, I'm talking. <laughs> and that's Mercury and Pisces. And that's yeah. how Pisces dominant people feel most of the time, I think. And then I feel like with this season, it's like, just times 10. Times 10, exactly. So I had a couple things though before we go. I thought might be kind of interesting to think about for the next Mercury retrogrades. Oh yeah, do, do tell. It's just since they're water retrogrades, I thought it was kind of fun to see like, okay, so in 2006 and 2013, which were the other, you know, most recent mm-hmm. years that we had the water retrogrades, was there anything significant that happened that maybe could happen again. And the the two things that stood out to me, obviously there's things significant every year, but there was um, the Alberta floods happened in late June of 2013 during the Mercury retrograde in cancer. Mm. So it started, the flooding in Alberta started right um, when Mercury went retrograde in cancer. So I thought that was really interesting. Well, and you're having flooding right north of you right now in Sonoma County. Yeah, it's super, super rainy here. And it's interesting because we were in a drought. So I've lived in um, California in the Bay Area for seven years, going on eight years. And the first five years I lived here, we were in a drought. And February was like summer, you know, it felt Mm -hmm. so awesome this time of year. And it wasn't until last year, I think, that we started really getting wet weather in the winter, um, which was very deceiving for me moving from Portland, Oregon down here. And being like, yeah, California, like it's summer and Christmas, you know, and then, you know, like LA got snow and we got snow in Emeryville. And then now, um, you know, it's just raining a lot here right now, which is fine. We need it, but you know, it's still like different. I feel like than what 
uh, we had when we moved here. But yeah, so there's a lot of rain going on during this Mercury in Pisces right now, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Mars is in Pisces. We had a ton of rain here too. So it's been really rainy for us. Um, and then the other one for uh, Scorpio was there was a typhoon that hit the Philippines during the Scorpio retrograde of that same year. Mm. Which I thought was really interesting. A typhoon. Yes. It sounds much more, it was interesting, a flood versus a typhoon, because a typhoon is much more, uh, I mean, they're both destructive in their own ways, right? But there's so much more force. Yeah. You know, that Martian force behind a a typhoon, (laughs) you know? And it was, sorry, it went not when it was retrograde, it went when it was direct. So it was building during the retrograde. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because that was one of the things that popped into my mind, seeing that Mercury is going to station on Neptune and Neptune being the god of storms, essentially. Um, And Mercury is going to kick up anything. Like Mercury is that that wind, that force, that, you know, quick change of the weather. So it would not surprise me, especially when it stations direct later in March, that we're going to see some sort of storms or maybe even unexpected, you know, changes in the weather kind of take place at that time. So we'll have to look. I want to say now we're going to say there might be some wet forecast during (laughs) retrograde periods. There could be something. So we'll keep an eye out. Yes. That way, if we record again, we can be like, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. And like, keep in mind, let's look out for those, uh, especially the Gemini moons, because the Gemini moons are going to, moons, like this is going to be happening a long time. It's probably going to only happen once when the Gemini moon is going to square that energy. Um, but the last time uh, the moon was in Gemini, it was storming up here and we had the, the wind was whipping about like crazy. And, um, you know, what's funny is like this, I want to do a weather, uh, uh, episode someday because I find weather fascinating. But the, when we had our son Uranus sextile recently, and I want to say, God, I want to say the, the moon was in, uh, that was a Sunday. Oh, the moon was in Leo, of course, and make it dramatic. Um, so right as the sun was making the sextile to Uranus, like down to the minute, this gust of wind, these gusts of wind came out of nowhere because Uranus is known for bringing great gusts. And these gusts of winds came out of nowhere. And I, have, I live upstairs and I have a porch and I have uh, all these cactus that are on the porch. So whenever there's a storm, which is not very often in Southern California, I have to take my plants down. And I hadn't done that. And one of my plants just went, and like a loud thud, just like destroyed all over the sidewalk. And I went to go like take my plants down and uh, I was literally getting blown away on my porch. Like it was hard to even be out there because it was like almost like um, tropical storm force winds that came out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. And I had to go clean up, like my hair's whipping everywhere. I have to go get my plant. I kind of saved it, but it lost a lot of its glory. Um, but it was exactly down to the minute of the sun making that sextile to your honest. <laughs> amazing. I feel like California is really like in par with transits, like specifically. Well, cause we notice it more, I think because we have such this, um, stationary type of weather, you know, like we live in this almost static zone, uh, to some extent. 
So when it does change, whether it gets super hot or super dry or that windy, cold, whatever, um, we just notice it significantly. So yeah, I'm on the lookout. I'm on the lookout. (laughs) You were talking because you brought up Uranus again. Uh, When Uranus moved into Taurus the last time, we had an earthquake up here. Um, It's up here all the time. But I just got excited because I actually felt it the day that Uranus moved into Taurus. So that's something too I'll be watching out for this week. Yes, because, you know, Taurus is is the earth, is that ground. The ground I be shaken. <laughs> through our last ones, which made me feel like a true Californian because everyone was like, it woke me up. And I was like, wow, I usually wake up during them, but I slept right through them this last time. So I know. You know what's funny? I'm going to tell this story just because it's it's pretty funny. And having lived here, I've lived in California now for how long? What year is it? What year is it? <laughs> for for about 19 years now. And really there is only one quick, you know, tremor, quake, quake that I felt. I felt the aftershock to it, but that's a whole other story. But okay. So it was it was Easter. I want to say maybe like 10 years ago or something. Um, And my mom being from Florida, which is so funny because we get all the hurricanes and everything comes there. But in her mind, you know, California is all about the earthquakes. And like, she's she's like, why would you move there? It has the earthquakes. You know, this is a concern of hers, right? Right. And so I'm on the phone with her. It's Easter. We just have our our call, you know, our check-in call. And of course, of all the times to have a freaking earthquake, it's when I'm on the phone with my mom. (laughs) And so, and so I like, I, uh, I, she's talking to me about something and then I just go quiet and I'm like, wait, hold on, mom, mom, I think we're having an earthquake. And she's like, what? She, I'm like, I think we're having an earthquake. And she's like, Neil, like her boyfriend, Neil, they're having an earthquake. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on because I haven't experienced it yet. And I'm on the phone with my mom who's scared of it. And so I'm like, where do I go? Oh my gosh. So I'm, I go to go stand in the kitchen, uh, which is probably not a good place to be. <laughs> but that was like, that was my go-to. Um, and I started to kind of like get a little worked up because I had this huge record shelf, you know, one of those five by five Ikea's. Yeah. That, that was completely full of records and it was just swaying. And uh, I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And so I started to kind of like get a little ramped up and my mom is just yelling at me. She's like, breathe, just breathe. And I'm like, <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is hilarious because that was not calming at all. <laughs> and so, no. I, and so I, I was like, okay, mom. Well, I was like, I got to get off the phone. I got to go find people. I'll call you back when it's done. And so I go running downstairs and all my neighbors are outside just laughing, having a great time. I have like tears streaming down my face. You're <laughs> because, so stressed out. Because I was so, you know, I was had the, the stress of, of my mom already being afraid of that, the stress of experiencing it for the first time and like yeah. just not knowing quite what to do. I lived by myself at the time and, um, and all my records, which are like my prized possessions were like shaking. And, and then... And so that was like my first experience. And my second experience was the aftershock to this, which by the way, was just as awkward. I was on the toilet (laughs) when it happened. And I was just like, just holding on, like just holding the wall. Oh my gosh. And, And it went pretty fast. And, you know, it was only like a couple, like 48 hours after or whatever. Um, 
but it was hilarious. That after that one, I just laughed my ass off. Oh, like, I, I love guess, it. Unattended, but that's <laughs> amazing. That's so good. Yeah, they don't scare me now that I'm on a single level and like the area that we're in here. I'm not as freaked out. But the first few, like the first year we moved here. There was three, I think, in the first few months, and I was not stoked. We had an apartment that was on stilts. Ah! So, like, the whole thing just swayed, and I had never experienced it before. I think that's not true. I'd experienced one earthquake before that happened in Washington when I was a kid, um, when I was at school, but... um, on the stilts, it was just, you know, like you're talking about being in that upper floor, like you see everything sway and like we felt our whole apartment sway and it happened a few times while we were there. And I was like, what did we just do? Why did we move here? But <laughs> now we're in a single level house and they usually happen at night here, I feel like, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Like there's something about it happening when I'm asleep that I like. I don't know why. I'll never know. (laughs) Or I'll be like, kind of like, there was a big one that felt like a train went by the house. And I thought I was dreaming because as a Pisces moon, I lucid dream pretty regularly. So I'll kind of be like still half in dream world when I'm waking up. And so I've had that with earthquakes here where like, I'll think I'm like right by a railroad and I'm like, Oh, that must've been my dream. And I'm like, Oh no, it was an earthquake. Like that was the legitimate shape but my weird mind will want to make it into some other like you're yeah. sleeping next to a train right now or something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So oh my gosh well i guess that's our that's our weird roundabout way of talking about potentials of earthquakes yeah. there talking. might be some earthquakes coming up and might mess with your dreams my my yeah you can dream about her i've had dreams about earthquakes which are pretty oh, trippy yeah. too yeah, yeah. Actually, that, that's probably where I felt the earthquake most was in my own dream and like experiencing it in that altered state of reality. I love that. I love that theme for this conversation too. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Well, I guess to wrap it up here, this is going to be a dreamy, <laughs> this is going to be a dreamy, slow, slow down, you know, Foggy, feel out your sensitivities. Imaginatory. Yes. All the all these words. <laughs> What's that one? Touchy feely. Touchy feely, yes. You might just need a hug. Yeah. It might be some cuddling. <laughs> if you're a Pisces dominant, find someone with Venus and Pisces to love you. Aww. <laughs> That's sweet. Yes. Hug your local Pisces, everyone. (laughs) Or water sign, I guess. Yes, because we're all going to be feeling it for sure. So don't look at me right now. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, all right. Well, I guess we'll see each other when we when we get out of this this almost hibernation period in some weird way, I have a feeling. Um, but life will continue, but there will be a slowing in many ways. Um, with that being said, what do you got going on? I mean, are you, you got, uh, you got anything going on? Where can people find you? What are you doing? Um, what are you yeah. doing in this world? <laughs> like, what do I, Mercury is already, I'm like, what do I have going on? That's actually <laughs> Mercury and Pisces for me. Like I keep forgetting stuff. Like I can't remember a lot of stuff that I have planned right now. That's I'm having to look at my calendar more than usual. Um, but yeah, so you can find me at cosmiclady6.com or at cosmiclady6 on Instagram. And I do 
tarot readings and needle chart readings. And every Tuesday nights in Oakland at the Contiki, you can find me doing tarot readings from 7 to 10 p.m. Um, I also do a weekly blog forecast that you can read on my website. And um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything planned. I do a blog um, every month on a Philadelphia website called ritualshop.com. And so um, I'll probably be writing something for airy season coming up here if you feel like checking that out. And yeah, I think I'm trying to do some more podcast stuff um, with Sabrina Monarch from Sabrina or from monarchastrology.com. I think she's starting a podcast. So I think we're going to also talk about Pisces. Uh, <laughs> Pisces and addiction, I think, is what we're going to talk about. Um, and Net- Neptune, Pisces, and addiction and the attributes of that in the birth chart. Mm. Yeah, so maybe keep an eye out on that if that's something <laughs> you'd be like waiting for. Um, yeah, Mercury and Pisces is taking its toll on me right now. I know, I know. Well, and it's late. We're we're like we're recording this pretty late. If so, if we, if it seems like we're speaking through a dream, we partially are. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, to take it back to what you said uh, a minute ago, when you're like, oh, I have to keep re- relying on my calendar. So maybe that is kind of like the the little piece in this. All of this is write it down. Yeah. Just write it down. Like, you know, if we're going to be prone to forget, things are going to slip by us. (laughs) It's happened so much with Mercury and Pisces before it's even been retrograde. Like, in my own life and other people that I've had plans with, like, everything's kind of not happening, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Write it down and plan for it to change. (laughs) That's what we got here. It's just compassion. Pisces wants you to be compassionate towards things not going the way you'd hoped. <laughs> yes. That's the truth. Oh my goodness. Well, where can you find me? Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com and also on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Um, and I always do a little blog post for each uh, podcast episode. So if you didn't catch what uh, Annalisa was saying about where to find her and things she's got going on, I will be sharing them on my website as well. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast uh, in check out my Patreon. You know, you can do so as for as little as $1 per month, which is almost pennies. It's pennies. <laughs> um, pennies. Yeah, it's a hundred pennies. Yeah. Actually, that sounds like a lot when you put it all together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you want to check that out, you can uh, go on over to patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And I will have my moon animal monthly uh, released for this month. So if you want to see what animals are uh, sitting with you for the new moon and the full moon, as long as a little uh, pictorial snapshot of what the whole lunar cycle will look like. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. That is uh, $3 a month to um, to support that feed and, and my animals because I just love animals and hopefully one day I'll be able to give more to the sweet animals. Um, and also if you want to read my, uh, my moon post, because I always do an article on the new and the full moon, you can sign up for my mailing list, which is on the front page of my website at energeticprinciples.com. And if you like what we heard, you know, you heard here today and you think a Pisces might need to know or a Virgo actually, (laughs) so that they know what's going on here, you know, Spread the good word, share share the podcast and tell a friend or leave a nice review on iTunes or anything like that because that can help uh, both of us be seen and to spread the good word. 
Um, and always, if you want to contribute just by sending a tip, I do have my tip jar on my page as well. So, all right, Annalisa, thank you so much for joining me again. Thanks I, for having me. I love it. Hopefully, we're spacey tonight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, but I think that's part of the charm of what we're talking talking about here, because literally, it's it's happening before our eyes <laughs> and yeah. out of our mouths. <laughs> um, so, until we reconvene in a sharper realm together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Farewell during this uh, Mercury retrograde. I really appreciate you listening and being a part of it all. So as always, may the stars be with you.